Hello and welcome to the podcast Article 23, all about making work work. I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall, joined by James Hancock, as always, my co-founder. Great to be here with you again, Rhonda. It is a delight to be with you too, James. Now, let's start appropriately with an acknowledgement of where we're coming from. We're on um, Gadigal land, part of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects and gratitude to the Elders past, present and emerging. And thank them for looking after the land for so long and also acknowledging any listeners that are coming from First Nations communities. We want to do two topics that are really big topics and then we want to talk about something that's going really well that we're really impressed by. So let's start with the first one. So we're going to start with um, who can make the biggest difference. Now, this is a topic Mm -hmm. that we get all the time and I know it's a big topic for you, James. So Mm. we want to talk about who can make the biggest difference. Big issue at the moment, climate change. Who matters? Yeah, I think we always start with ourselves. We want to. It makes perfect sense. We always should. But what we... Personal accountability. Yeah, absolutely. But... We have different levels of personal accountability based on our influence and sphere and everything else. Yep. So I can do so much. I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to do my recycling, do everything else with environment, anything Compost. possible. Everything. Can do it Don't all. Don't waste food. Can do it all. That's one. As per Ronnie Khan. Yep. 100%. All true. Can do it. Want to do it. But ultimately, the biggest people can do the most because of their sphere of influence. And so we just need to say that. We just need to follow that. What I think we're starting to see is people are actually getting behind that. Yeah, I think so too. So we had one today. You and I have spoken about it a bit from Rob Milner, um, who's chairman of a a few companies in Australia, including some in mining. Yep. And, um, you know, mining has a wrap and it gets its um, inflection points. But what Rob ultimately is saying um, is changing a big system, looking at renewables and climate and the things you can do. And just trying to say we need to get the balance right because people and jobs are there as well. Yep. And we've watched. basically it. It's a very clear, very good message from a really strong businessman in the context that you know, might not always be heard. So Yeah, and we've watched Fortescue go to Fortescue Industries Renewables, Absolutely. which is another example of it. The, the other group that I think is really interesting on this agenda is Energetics. Yes. And so, you know, we're obviously big fans of that organisation, but they're a very interesting climate group. Their sole aim is a 1.5 yep. degrees C uh, world, so they're trying to reduce it. But it's really interesting. Dr. Mary Stewart, who, who leads that team, is a very impressive person. And when you see the team behind it, they're just brilliant. I mean, they're all super-duper scientists and engineers and what have you. But they're an environmental organisation with what they try to do is reduce the footprint of the people with the biggest footprints. And so instead of going to you know companies like us that we can open the windows of our office and we can do the yeah, right thing and exactly. we can recycle, et cetera, et cetera, our footprint's really tiny and we do measure it. But um, when you look at a mining company mm-hmm. uh, or you look at a heavy industry, um, it's a much bigger job. And if you can actually get their footprint reduced and they care about it, which is the example you're talking about yeah. with Milner, yep. um, that makes a massive difference. Yeah. Physical producers are the places that need to lift because they're the ones that have the most damage, the most impact potentially, yep. right? We know that. That's not beating anyone up. That's the reality of it. And so that's where we need to look. Yep. And I think we know that it's a big system to change. Even in Australia where we've got 20, whatever it is now, six, seven, depending on where you look, million people. Um, yep. the, the impact is big. I'll, I come back to a little story on this one from the US, right? You know, I was just there and everything else. You've been there before. Yep. And ultimately, when you meet someone and they hear an Australian, I got asked two things every time, these two. First one, is it true that the animals in Australia, most of them can kill you? <laughs> to which I say, I think so, but we don't worry about it as much as you seem to. <laughs> and, and then to be honest, the second one that came quite quickly, quickly for most people was around social constructs. And the systems that we have. So things like 
healthcare, yeah. education, yeah. the things you suspect, sort of like battlegrounds and big societal ones. Yeah. Um, and of, and it go, went to health more than education, to be honest. Yeah. And I'm like, we have a great system. Yeah. They think they, many think they have a tough one. They think they've got great healthcare if you can afford it and if you can get access to it. Yeah. And that's the Yeah, the, we the saw gap. that when we lived in Chicago. Tough. But what comes through there is it's a big system to change and what's the fallout and you can't enter that with naivety even though you want to because you're passionate about it. Yeah. And so the answer is I had a quick look at the stats. I didn't know the exact answer. 20 million people plus in healthcare, probably more post-COVID, plus I reckon another half a million plus, plus, plus just working in insurance companies. Yeah, so wow. you're talking about probably 25 million people plus. So if you want to fix it... That's you need right. to be getting have, them to help you. You have to change the whole Australian population to do that. And the ambition to do that and the influence and the conversations are not just let me tell you what's wrong with the big guys. Yep. It's actually well, let me tell you what's wrong with people doing the wrong thing. I can yep. critique them all day and no one cares. What it is about is changing the conversation on the system yep. towards the people who have actually got the biggest impact on it. I, th- I think it's a great lesson. And I think the debate on climate in Australia is currently going through a transition yep. where we're starting to not just pile on to people but actually go, what could we do? How could we do it? What's a better way? Let's think about and invest in the future. I think it's it's moving, slow movement, but yep. hopefully we'll get in the right place. Yeah, a- Topic two, let's talk mm. about um, the UK and the Prime Minister. We- Okay, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It, it is a mess. Now, we're, we're not political. No. Um, love democracy, vote vote hard, but um, yep. that's as far as it goes. But it is about that top job accountability, isn't it? I think that that top job accountability is one we're seeing everywhere in media and anything else. The reflection that I have, and it's, I think it's easy to say it as a guy because I don't sound as angry about it, is women get a harder rap in those jobs. That's what really yeah. is coming through. I don't know how to say it any more diplomatically or <laughs> I'm not saying it politically, but more diplomatically or whatever. Yeah. The answer is like, we seem to get bigger press on that. Yeah. Whether it's corporate government, Australia, not Australia. We can think of the examples. I won't even name them because I don't think it's valuable. Yeah. But yeah. I reckon men do bad jobs a lot and we don't hear as much <laughs> about it, um, to be honest, but that, that top job accountability is something that's playing out really strongly at the moment. Yeah. And I'm always um, aware that some of these top jobs that they never, ever, ever give to a woman until it's a complete basket case. And then they go, okay, now let's bring the woman yeah, in. Yeah, it's like a poison seat. It's yeah. like pretty bad. Yeah, I think that's what the, the PM job in the UK is like at the moment. Um, let's go to another one that I know you're very passionate about, mm, and sure. I am too. Yeah. Uh, and this is where we're seeing something that's actually pretty impressive. So the diamonds yeah, um, and the recent discussions and disputes around sponsorship. I think this is fascinating. Again, as a sports lover, I can't say I'm the biggest netball understand it but when there's a good game on i will happily watch it Uh, i can say i'm obsessed i know you are (laughs) and so please don't ask me i could get a few positions out and things but i think that the athleticism and the speed of the game and stuff is quite quite incredible oh the game today is breathtaking it's good and so and so i want that to be professional and everything else and it is and and the players clearly are yeah and the organizations are becoming increasingly professional and i think that's putting some money into women's sport the professionalization of the sport these things that are happening at speed are actually pretty cool yeah and so what do you need for that is sponsorship money and funding right and so you've got government bits bits and pieces probably but ultimately you go to industry and corporates right and so as you know the diamonds are looking at sponsorship and have, have got an offer on the table, it looks yep. like, yep. from my namesake, but no relation on yep. Hanco- Hancock Prospecting and Dina Reinhardt, who, from what I understand, has done a lot in women's sport and sport. Mm-hmm. 
um, albeit from a big base, to be able to do stuff. And also in the in the areas of sport with disability too. Like she's put a lot of money into a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. But what we know is there's been a challenge on wearing a jersey with the name mm. of that on the label um, mm. from one of the key players, which is Donnell Wallum, as I understand it. Mm. And Rockstar quite, player. Yeah, rockstar player. <laughs> and, and quite beautifully, the team is right around it. And I think that alone is such a good, cool message yeah. around teamwork and leadership and culture. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's a really good sign. Um, as an obsessed and long-term netballer, um, doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I like that. I like that. So there's, so there's something about those sports that you literally can't play by yourself. Like you have to be part of a team. Yeah. Um, that you just stick together. You get to know each other, especially when you're traveling. Um, you get to know each other really well. Your values are really tight. You understand what's important to people. So the fact that this netball team has said, look, it is important to get sponsorship. We understand professionalism, but at the same time, mm. um, it's not the most important thing and we will hold each other to account on ethics and values and that they've stuck together. Um, doesn't surprise me at all, but mm. I'm, I'm really impressed by how they've done it. Yeah. Um, and they haven't taken a person and put them out the front. They've actually yeah. collectively stood together, which is, I think, not surprising, but really, really impressive. My best mates are girls I played Netball with when I was 20, 25. So, yeah, yeah still great I, fun. And I think my observation, again, I guess from a male perspective is amazing sport. It is more heavily played by women, but then you hear the mixed teams that play on, you know, Tuesday night. Yeah, have they're a, not have as a, good, but I They're okay. not as good, but they have, a, you know, <laughs> have a gra- they have a great fun out there, which is important too. But, you know, the professionalization of certain women's sports in particular, female sports in particular, um, have taken some time. But I just love the fact that it's like we've seen mistakes. We think about the way that we have an impact on society. And so we want to get it right from the outset. Yeah. And we're taking a stand on it. And so I think that is huge opposed to potentially other sports that have, uh, and male sports and the bases have said, we kind of stuffed things up along the way. Now let's look back at it again. It's mm. like, no, nah, right from the foundation, let's do this. Yeah. And as I you really described, you described it as stopping it at the gate. I think that was really cool. Yeah, that's good. I couldn't find uh, the words at the right nice time, expression. but yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I want to say. Stopping it at the gate. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really great. Um, that's enough. We want to keep this nice, short and sweet. So there's three topics this week that we think people are really talking about. This this money's not the only thing. So values, ethics and sticking together is really important always. That poison chalice of giving the top job to someone when it's almost impossible to do it and then piling on to them when they can't do it yeah exactly <laughs> and then the biggest difference that people can make when when things are really tough the biggest difference is always made by the people with the most to lose yeah. um and that's a very different debate a much more careful debate than it normally is just a pile on of critique or criticism but actually what can we do and how can we do it differently um great talking to you as always you too, Rhonda. a big more from us big more from us <laughs>